Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to see you. Yeah. Man, I love when we get to do this. We fill the room, which is amazing. And it's, I know it's a bit of an obstacle course, but thanks for, uh, for being a part of this worship service today. You know, um, November is a special time for us as a church for a couple of reasons. Number one, it is Thanksgiving, and so that's the theme of the service today. You know, this Thursday we get to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving and just a family and the, the blessings of God over the last year. But also for us as a church, did you guys know that uh, November is our anniversary or birthday month as a church? 1971. Uh, November of 71 is when Ashworth Church began, and so this is our 52nd birthday as a church. Isn't that amazing? I love it. I love it. Um, and we do have a few folks in the room, I was looking this up this week, that have been here a pretty long time. I mean, I've been here almost 17 years, which is, to be fair, a long time. But um, I, I was looking it up, uh, and now the lights make it hard to see, but I think, Laura DeLong, are you in the room? Oh, I see you right there. Laura, do you remember what year you came? Uh, no, but it's been over 40 years. Over 40 years, 1981. 1981. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Laura's been here. We have some others. Who else is in the room? Anybody else come in the 80s? Donnie Moran, do you remember when you came? 83. All right, 83. Who else? Anybody? Oh, I see another hand back there. Who's that hand back there? Kim and Mary. That's right. You are correct. Look at that memory on Kim Rungi. Look at that. Man, that's good. All right. Now, Noel, you've been here since you were born. So all of your life. So which was that? 90 what? Two. 92. <laughs> I know. Calling her out on stage, you know. But let's have some fun. Your mother's also been here a really long time, yeah. right? She came, I think, in what, 1982 is what I showed. That's, is that possible? That right. Ten more years? Isn't that amazing? So Leslie was probably, what, 30 when she came in 82? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I hope she's watching today because I love to give her grief about that. Man, isn't that awesome? Man, I just, I'm grateful for this church. I'm grateful for us being able to do this. This week, though, as we were planning, I, I always love, I'm an information guy. I just absorb all I can. I ran across a book called The Grumbler's Guide to Giving Thanks, and I thought it was a very appropriate book for me, reclaiming the gift of uh, the lost gift of uh, the spiritual discipline of thanksgiving. Uh, the author's name is Dustin Crow, and he had, in the beginning of his book, a little uh, quiz on thanksgiving or gratitude, and I thought, oh, let's take that little quiz today. Let's see what we think. So the questions will be on the screen, too, so you can look at them. But so here's, here's the first question. Do you more often remember God's blessings in your life or forget them? Oh, no, you don't have to answer out loud. Okay. Don't feel, yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's oh. harsh, isn't it? I mean, that's tough. Wow. What about this one? When things don't go your way, do you typically, typically respond in gratitude or by grumbling? These are tough questions, aren't they? Yeah, always they gratitude. Yes, for me. always gratitude for me, too, except when I'm driving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you see Thanksgiving as an essential spiritual rhythm for Christians or something that's great to do when you remember it, but unnecessary, or just, you know, once a year when you have turkey? Or the next one is, would you say you tell God thanks daily or less than daily? Or this one, is Thanksgiving a significant part of your prayer life or a small part of it? Or another one, as you go throughout your day, do you usually have eyes open to reasons for giving thanks around you or not see many things to give thanks for? 
There's a few more. Do you often tell others reasons you're grateful or rarely talk about why you're grateful? If you were to list reasons for gratitude, would it be a long list, easy to come up with things to give thanks for, or a short list and hard to think of many things? And one more. Praise God, right? Let's get through this list, yeah. man. Right. When you think about Thanksgiving, do you tell God thanks or feel grateful but not actually tell God thanks? Now, if you're like me right now, when I started reading this book, I, I, at least in this moment, you're probably thinking, I could have stayed home and avoided a lot of this guilt and shame, Brent. Thanks a lot. You know, I don't need to be reminded sometimes of the lack of gratitude in my own life. But I want you to know these questions aren't meant to produce guilt and shame. But I hope they get us thinking. They certainly did for me. After all, if we're honest, I think we live in a time where it's very difficult to live in a posture of thanksgiving. I mean, we live in, an, in, an, in a culture where it's much easier to think about everything that's wrong than anything that's right. So many things around us tell us to ignore the good things, you know? And even if you start feeling thankful, if you experience good things, you can even feel guilty about that. What do you mean feeling good about good things? You should feel bad. There's all these terrible things happening. And the bad things, the challenges, those, you know, we need to lean into those evidently. You know, we live in a news cycle that says if it bleeds, it leads. And we, the 24-hour news cycle keeps things stirred up and social media keeps things going all the time. And you might find it a bit challenging to be able to turn off the anger, the stress, the anxiety, and turn your heart toward gratitude and thanksgiving. For some of us, our gratitude falls into what I read this week when someone said, be thankful for what you got, it could be much worse. <laughs> Do we feel that sometimes? I mean, we think that and we think, oh, well, that's my gratitude, but really that's a terrible gratitude. The same person I read, wrote, uh, read this week that wrote that said this, that resignation, though, is not the same as gratitude. Mm. And choking desires does not lead to thanksgiving. Mm. Isn't that the truth? You start looking through Scripture, and it's very clear. It's very apparent. Thanksgiving is such a, a tremendous part of what we read in the Bible over and over. It's a tremendous part of the book of Psalms, uh, talking about giving thanks both individually and corporately, which we're doing today. You read the Apostle Paul, and he mentions the subject of thanksgiving more often, line for line, than any other Greek writer. Do you know that? Isn't that amazing? Psalm chapter 92 in the Old Testament, we read this. It says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praise to your name, Most High, to declare your faithful love in the morning and your faithfulness at night with a ten-stringed ten harp and the music of a lyre, for you have made me rejoice, Lord, by what you have done. I will shout for joy because of the works of your hands. How magnificent are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Don't you love that? That's a great one, isn't it? Let me read it again just because it's so good. <laughs> it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praise to your name most high, to declare your faithful love in the morning and your faithfulness at night with a ten-stringed harp and the music of a lyre. For you have made me rejoice, Lord, by what you have done. I will shout for joy because of the works of your hands. How magnificent are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Isn't that amazing? 
I want, you, I want you to just look at a few things that were in that passage, just even in verse 1. Did you notice what it said about giving thanks? It is what? What did it say? It is good. good. Now you can respond back <clears throat> on this one. Why would it be good to give thanks? What do you think? Why is it good to give thanks? What's the benefit in doing this? Mm. Changes your perspective. Mm. Lifts your spirit. Gives credit where credit is due. Yeah. I didn't dig into it this week, but you know, there are actually psychological benefits to Thanksgiving. They've studied this. They know that if you live in a posture of gratitude, it actually helps you. It benefits your body uh, physiologically if we do this. You know, it is good to give thanks. It, is, it gives honor and glory to God. It's good to remember the good things that we've, we've had happen to us, the blessings that we've received. And even when we've gone through the trials, to remember how we've come through the other side and God has been with us in those things. It's a reminder of our relationship with God, that all we have is from Him. It restores and steadies and increases our faith and reduces our fear. It reduces our anxiety and it can increase our joy. Look at what else it says. It says it's not just actually good, but it also says it's good to give thanks. Now, is there anything worse than feeling a gratitude towards somebody and then not telling them? Or even worse, you know, Matthew, I got you a gift. I thought about getting you a gift. I didn't get it. Thought about it. <laughs> How often does that become what our gratitude is? We, we think about it but we don't do anything else with it. Thanksgiving should be a response. Thanksgiving is a response. I mean, when you look in the, in the Hebrew word behind give there, that word means to shoot as a bow, to throw down. Gratitude's a feeling, thanksgiving is what you do. And what good does it do to feel grateful and not do something about it? At a minimum, we should voice it. Let somebody else know, right? Just to say it out loud. You know, I feel like, when I grew up in church, there was a lot of weight given to in your heart, you know, what happens internally. And so we taught people to pray very quietly. And I think that that bleeds over into other areas. And we think as long as I think it, that's sufficient. We need to move beyond that, don't we? We need to be people of voicing the things, voicing our prayers aloud, voicing our thanks and our gratitude aloud to let others know. And you know what? The Bible is not short on how we can express our gratitude. We can do it with singing, with music, with cries, with shouts of joy, with words and prayers, with gifts and offerings, how we live our lives in obedience and all these things. And however we do it, whatever way, we just need to be sure that we give it. That's it. And then there's one more thing in this verse that I want us to point out today. Our thanks isn't just to the sky. We're not, you know, voicing something that goes nowhere. It's not to nothing or no one. It's good to give thanks where? Mm -hmm. To the Lord, God, yeah. to God. He is the recipient of our thanksgiving. You see, this is where I think we can get off track in our gratitude occasionally, and I don't want to make this negative, but I mean, it's easy for us to say, what are you thankful for? And we create that list. And that's a great thing to do, don't get me wrong. But if that list doesn't take us back to the who, mm -hmm. we've missed it. Because our gratitude needs to expand from the things to find its way to the someone mm. who has given us all that we have. And so when we start to give thanks, we can start by asking the deeper questions. What we're thankful for our family. Why? 
What is the gift of our family? And what does that gift of our family reveal to us about the giver, the one who has given us these things? The book I mentioned earlier, the author asks, says, how do you typically consider how you give thanks to God? Is it more like a gift or is it more like a tax, something you do out of obligation to stay in good with God and avoid trouble? If we're honest, sometimes I think it's gratitude's easier said than done or easier thought than said. But even when we might have trouble beginning, you can easily go to Psalm 92 or Psalm 107 that says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. So if you can't tell, this is a service of gratitude today. It's that gratitude and thanksgiving. And so as we move forward, I want you to join our hearts and our voices together in a responsive prayer of thanksgiving that's going to be on the screen. I'll say the first part. You say the part that's in black, okay? So God, eternal and righteous one who created the heavens and the earth, we gather to give you thanks for, for breath that, that fills us with your life, life for, for love that, that softens our hearts, for beauty revealed at every turn. Christ, redeeming and forgiving one who is always faithful and merciful, we gather to give you thanks for renewal, transforming our lives, for peace, calming the chaos of our souls, for hope, restoring our faith. Spirit, sustaining and compassionate one who calls us into relationship with the living God, we give you thanks for caring when our hearts are aching, for friends supportive in times of need, for generosity lavish and overflowing. God who created the earth and the heavens, eternal, redeeming and sustaining one, we gather to give you thanks. We come with hearts full of gratitude for all good things. We give you thanks for you. And I've, right now in this moment, before we go to the next slide, I just want you to voice some things that you are thankful for. Maybe it's characteristics of God or maybe it's whatever. Just right now, what are you grateful for this Thanksgiving? immense and unknown for the earth on which we live for humankind made in your image thanks and praise to God our creator for the way you entered human history as one of us for the sacrifice you made for all of us for dying that we might live thanks and praise to Christ our Redeemer for the wonder of your indwelling presence for the comfort of your guidance and direction for drawing us together as one body. Thanks and praise to the Holy Spirit, our sustainer. Through your will, we are made whole. Through your love, we are renewed. Through your abiding presence, we become one community. Thanks and praise to God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer through all eternity. Amen. Colossians 3. 
15 to 17 says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. One of my favorite parts about being a part of this body and celebrating Thanksgiving is we get to do it together. There are lots of opportunities for us to reflect and to journal and to think in our own lives and have those daily moments where we reflect on what we're grateful for and why we're thankful and we thank God in that quiet moment. But in Colossians here, we're invited to thank God together, to do it with each other and to each other. I love that. Like, sing to one another. Some of you might not want to do that. That's okay. Some of you, you know, encourage one another, admonish one another, teach one another, share your stories with one another. What is God doing in your life? How have you seen God at work? Um, I think about my friend Eileen. Every time I see her, she's like, Amy, I got to tell you something. Do you know what God's been doing? What if we did that with each other every time we see each other? That's what we're invited to in this passage of scripture. And we want you to do that this morning. And we get to do it in many ways, you know, sharing stories. Sometimes it's sending a note. You know, you don't want to tell the person. Maybe you stick a note in the mail. Sometimes it's worshiping together. We were throwing our hands up, singing gratitude. I don't know how many of you could see over here this morning when we first came in and we sang, I thank God. You know, it's an upbeat song. There were these kids just bouncing up and down, singing, I thank God. And you know what's beautiful? Part of me wants to say, sit down and behave, respect, you know. No, they're worshiping God. And they're delighting in God's good gifts. And that's the beauty of us getting to come together and, and the encouragement here to give thanks together because we see different parts of the body. We see how God is at work. We got to see a young woman like leading worship, playing her guitar, Brooklyn here this morning. You know, we saw little kids dancing. We see different colors and ethnicities and generations of people in this room. And as we share, God is doing this, God is doing that. We see different parts of how God is at work. We have artists and we have actuaries, you know? How does God work in you in different <laughs> unique ways? And together as a body, when we share together and thank God together, we get to hear different ways and different uh, uh, forms of gratitude uh, for God's work in our life. Even when we were picking turkeys yesterday, you know what we were doing? Laughing giving each other a hard time telling stories of God's work in our lives. Mark made us sing a song at the end, and we all joined in our, our voices. When you're serving together, you're thanking God together. And so you know what's coming, right? If you know me, you're all sitting at tables right now. You're looking at each other, or you're looking at me. I want you to turn and look at each other this morning, and I'm just going just gonna to have you do this for just a few minutes. I'm going to give you five minutes. And I want you to look at each other. We don't get this opportunity very often. And I want you to just think about this. To, to what and whom are you thankful for in this season? Maybe it's a story. Maybe it's a word. Maybe it's a person that you're thinking about. Maybe it's a specific scripture. Maybe it's a moment, a memory that you've had recently. Will you just turn to one another and tell each other 
we're just following scripture here. Maybe you're gonna sing a song, <laughs> psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, but share with one another briefly. I'm sure somewhere along the 30 years I've been in ministry, I'd heard this, but forgotten it. But I went to my Bible software this week and I typed out the word Thanksgiving to just say, you know, what, what's behind this word? And here's what it spit out. Now you won't recognize some of it. Go to that next slide. Thanksgiving you got. There's a Hebrew word and a Greek word there. And the Greek word is fascinating to me because it's Eucharistia. What's that sound like? Eucharist. Eucharist. Now growing up Baptist, we didn't talk about Eucharist. The Catholics <laughs> had that, you know. We call it communion or the Lord's Supper, you know, call it Eucharist, you know, a meal of Thanksgiving. Eucharist, you know, there's beauty, there's depth in that word to help us remember what we do when we come to the Lord's table. Not get it, no, most of the time on Thanksgiving week, we don't observe communion, but as we were putting the service together this week, all of us kind of felt like, what better way to end a service of Thanksgiving than actually with a meal of Thanksgiving, Eucharist. You know, you go to the New Testament, and it just makes sense because Thanksgiving is a word you see over and over, and it's often a response to the work of Jesus on the cross. Jesus tells us, you know, that he is the bread of life and that life comes through his broken body and his shed blood. And shouldn't this be where our Thanksgiving begins, at the Lord's table? where we take communion, an act of pure thanksgiving, a time to give thanks for the greatest gift and sacrifice ever made, the life and death of Jesus on our behalf. In the Gospels, we find the story of the Last Supper, and it says that Jesus broke bread and shared wine with his disciples before his crucifixion. And several times in that passage, regardless of which one you look at, it reads that he gave thanks Eucharistio, as he took the bread, a symbol of his body, and he gave thanks, Eucharistio, for the cup, a symbol of his blood. And they shared that meal together. No, that meal was not a meal of turkey and dressing, but it was a Thanksgiving table of bread and wine, a symbolic feasting on our Savior's body and blood. This is the picture of the gospel, an exchange of lives, we partake of his life, allowing him to permeate our being. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But he also partakes of our lives. And in the act of communion, we are declaring Christ is in us and that we receive his sacrifice as a broken body and poured out blood. And of course, we do this not as individuals, but as Jesus did with his disciples together in community. And so we look to what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He says, for I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, 
you proclaim the Lord's death until he 